1: Subscribe to the Oilers Now Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with
0: Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you at the 630 Chad studio here at Rogers Place. Of course, it feels like we're broadcasting this actually outside right now mark Specter has swung by this is oilers now we'll tell you the guests on the show at 12:35 35 in edmonton received gift certificates from roos chris steakhouse hey we even hooked up Speck. whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town every meal is an occasion at roos chris steakhouse 99.90 Jasper avenue roos chris the 99th roos chris opened roos chris edmonton that's right and it's open tuesday through sunday from 5 until 10 p.m tell brendan and uh, Chris and Chef Altoff that orders now s- sent you. So as we bring aboard Mark Spector for Aquarian Renovations, an experience worth sharing, get started today at AquarianRenovations.com. Spec, I know this because you told me the last two nights <laughs> you watched the Flames in Columbus and yep. you watched the Canucks in Chicago and the Oilers next to two opponents. Tonight, Columbus and Chicago on Saturday. What did you think of uh, the Blue Jackets in Calgary and the uh, uh, Blackhawks last night in Vancouver?
1: Well, I mean, neither team, you know, they're both at the bottom of the standings. I have to tell our listeners that. The difference for me, Columbus Columbus was far more derelict defensively. They gave a million pucks away. Like, they were handing up pucks in their own zone to Calgary. Calgary should have had seven goals and did not. Um, Chicago's... They had, what they, have in a, they had 14 shots on goal They last had night.
0: eight shots going into the third period, yeah, through they the just, first two periods.
1: Their offense just fizzles out. They get the puck out of their zone, they skate to your blue line, and then it's just kind of, I'm not sure what happens next, but before you know it, Vancouver had the puck was going the other way. <laughs> so, Morazic played exceptionally well, held that game close for a while, but they both teams understaffed. Both teams have clearly lost some belief. Neither, you know, they're in the Con- Connor Bedard st- sweepstakes. Both teams represent the points that teams who are, you know, going somewhere have to collect. You can't let Columbus come in your barn and steal a point from you. I get it. You won six in a row. The others are playing well. You don't get to win them all. You're going to lose one eventually. This isn't one of those games, Bob.
0: you got to win this game. Why are they playing well? What are the keys? Uh,
1: they've really developed, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's almost as much mentally. Uh, they look, you know, Let's take the Vancouver game on Saturday night. They Get up 3-0. That's, the, you know, that's the recipe to success, obviously. But then it's 3-1. And then it's 3-2. And there's a lot of momentum in that building. And that whole Boos Boudreau thing. And yeah, the team's weird. playing for them. And, you know, that was a very losable game when you're Edmonton. And, and I thought that Vancouver had more of a share of the game when it was 3-1. Once they made it 3-2, I thought Edmonton said, okay, we're putting the brakes on this thing. They've saw, they've they found a spine defensively in third periods. They've found a way. I've said this before, and maybe complained about it. They were a team that could only change the momentum by scoring a goal. If they, if Connor or Leon didn't score, they didn't change momentum. They've now found the way to to stem the tide and change momentum. And leave it at three goals. Three goals should be enough to win, and it's been enough to win.
0: All right. So, Edmonton in a situation where they've won six straight games, and Vancouver started off a process where eight consecutive games the Oilers were playing teams 24th to 32nd in the standings. Yes. The Blue Jackets come in tonight with the fewest road wins in the NHL, three. Uh, and a minus 62 goal differential, which is my stat that I look when I evaluate teams. Uh, and conversely, the Hawks come in on Saturday. They have the second fewest road wins, five, and they're minus 58. So those are the second and third worst goal differentials in the league. Only Anaheim's worst. And they actually won here. Yeah. They shouldn't have won here. The others had 49 They yards. won here. They won here. Yeah. But to me, Edmonton's a different team. And part of the reason why they're a different team, and some people say, I don't want to hear about the 11-7. and 7. Well, I got news <laughs> for you. They're 7-0-1 in their last eight games that they've gone 11-7. and 7. And they're a different team, and I know it's a subtle little thing, but it's two minutes somebody else isn't playing on the PK that this guy's on the PK. Uh, you know, they've got Broberg and Bouchard and now Vincent Harnay. The guy led the American League last year in plus minus. I looked it up the other night. Okay. Because I make notes when I do the interviews with the coaches from the farm. Okay. Huh. In the 11 interviews I did with Jay Woodcroft <laughs> yeah. last October, November, and December, guess who he brought up in nine of the 11 interviews? <laughs> Day DeHernay. Yeah. And here we are again uh, with Vincent Hernay and he's come up, and he's plus five in six games. And he helps suppress shots, and it's a tweak. I'm not saying their D's perfect. I'm not saying you don't end up making a move for an defenseman. We'll talk that more. Mm-hmm. But between Broberg being a little bit more, and he had some rough moments against. Broberg's Vang. playing better. He's playing better. Bouchard's playing better, and Derneg gives them something they didn't have before.
1: Yeah, a little bit of uh, you know when you watch him, watch him tonight. You know when you're watching your orders tonight, folks. Watch him in front of the net. Like he makes it a. Uh, unpleasant place to stand. You know, you can't clear your net today like you did in the old days. You can't just... Be
0: the old Darien Hatcher it's cross-check right to way. the back of the lower he's, back.
1: He's far more subtle, but he he injects a little pain into that process. You know, you'll watch him slash a guy in the back of the leg. You'll watch him physically push a guy to a part of the, you know, slot that maybe he didn't want to be in. Uh, he's just, he's got a little of that Adam Larson in him. You know, somehow when D'Arnais and another guy run into each other or chase for a puck, the other guy ends up on his backside, and you're not always sure how or why, uh, but you can't make a play from down there. So you know what? The, he's added something the owners don't have, Bob. You got that for sure. Uh, and if he can handle the 10, 11, 12 minutes a night that he's going to get, then have him here all day.
0: All right, we are going to go into the Ashley Fine Flores text line, and KDK says, Bob, the evaluation bar cannot be the team's... Uh, that they have or that they will be during this week stretch of scheduling. The bar has to be Colorado last year or Boston this year. The Oilers must win. Any trade cannot be simply measured by players included in the deal at face value. The Oilers need to account for the impact of acquiring a top four defenseman and what that will uh, do to a mentality of somebody like Connor McDavid and yep. Leon That's fair. No matter how many picks or prospects we trade or keep, including Broberg, none will replace 97 or 29 if they choose to leave because management isn't willing to make the necessary trades to build a Stanley Cup contender, if the Oilers have to overpay slightly to acquire Chickering and Eckholm, you may, and make the salary work, so be it. That one comes to us from KDK. Hmm. All right, suspect. So here's where we're at right now, because you know, um, and I, you know my feelings on this. I think the Oilers need a tweak or two, relatively inexpensive. Forward, okay. I'm talking players in the 1.25 million dollar sure. range or less. I've consistently mentioned one all season long. You know who that is? He scored last night. Yeah, you like uh, Sam Lafferty I like in Chicago. S- he's a good penalty killer. Uh, he's he's I mean he's second in the league in shorthanded goals. He can win a faceoff. He's 52%. He's six one. He can skate. Uh, he's got a year left in his deal, which I like as well because you get him for two playoff runs. Hmm. Uh, but he is a bottom six. I mean, the impact of him. Well, they don't need top six guys. Right. They got enough top six. They got guys. A, well, There's
1: only six spots for top six guys. And when Kane's playing,
0: and Yamamoto's and back. Yamamoto's, and if he's Yamamoto's not, your
1: worst, your sixth guy, you're doing okay. Right.
0: And they've got Fogel, McC- or they've got uh, Holloway and, and and McLeod coming, who they both like yep. as guys that can be, you know, that next wave in the third line. They've got some prospects. So now. I, I'm, I'm looking for a tweak up front to give them another guy that can win a faceoff as a right shot. I, I don't mind Noel Achari from St. Louis. I mentioned him as well. Hmm. So who's at 54% in the faceoff circle? Lafferty's at 52. Defense.
1: Well, they I mean, need a left defenseman, and to me, I think it's sort of a go bigger, go home scenario, Bob. If you're not bringing in a guy that's better than Brett Kulak, uh, that pushes Brett Kulak to the third pair, then what do you? What's the point? Right, that to me is what the point. Don't bring in a guy that. Let's. We're going to see Gavrikov tonight. Right. If you don't think Gavrikov is is, you know, incrementally better than Brett Kulak, then what do you? Why would you bother bringing him in? They don't need a third pairing.
0: Is Joel? Is Joel? Joel Edmondson at this? So so Gavrikov plays 22 minutes a game. That would indicate he is at minimum. I mean, and, and again, Columbus doesn't have Zach Wierenski, who's their best yeah, left shot I They're
1: missing and they're a, not a very good team. They're not so a very good his team. His minutes, he's probably minutes
0: being a, a second-pairing guy. Is Probably. Is sure. what Gavrikov is. He's a pending UFA. We've been told that he, you know, Gavrikov's camp's been given permission to talk to other organizations. Um, you know what he's not, Bob? He doesn't move the puck and well, he's not tough.
1: Yeah. You know what else he's not? He's no. not 6'3". No, nope. I stood next to him yesterday. He is stocking feet on, no better than six foot. Yeah. I'm here to tell you, and I'm not making it up, because I'm just shy of six foot, and he is, ooh, quarter inch taller than me, best. Yeah. So he's a six footer, not a six three guy. So let's start
0: there. Okay. So, so basically, like yesterday, Frank came on, Sirvally, yep. and he brought up over Ivan Provorov, and I went silent on the air for, and yep. it, and it wasn't for the reason that people thought. It had nothing to do with. Provorov's stance and uh, all that stuff uh, for me it's 6.75 million for a guy that I think stagnated as a player here now he's in Philly and nobody's really going well in Philly in terms of like now their team's playing better I think they've won like nine of their last 12 or something but several of the guys that were being counted on to be other than Travis Connecty, some other core guys there have stagnated a bit yeah uh I just don't like I don't think the Oilers can bring
1: in a $6, 7000000 million player here.
0: So that takes Ekholm out of the mix as well? Well,
1: that's the only thing you don't like about Ekholm. I like him better than all these guys. I like him better than Chickren. I like him better than... Uh,
0: See, Chickren's in the sweet spot for a, calorie, uh, for a salary perspective. Yeah, I know, but At he's not point. the
1: guy you need. He's another roaming defenseman. He yeah. is not a defender, okay? People who think he's a defender, he's not. Right. He doesn't keep the puck out of your net, okay? People got to get their head around that. There's guys out there who will say, oh, he's pretty good defensively. He's got the puck and he's gone. And I know what did Dallas a Dallas Akin say. The perfect game, there's no hits. The perfect game, you got the puck and the other teams end the whole time and you don't have to defend. Guess what? That game doesn't exist. Come playoff time, the puck's in your end half the time, and you got to figure out how to deal with it. You need a guy that can defend on this team. they got enough guys to take the puck north. They need some guys to get the work done in their own zone. So
0: you're not a Chikrin guy. I'm not a Provorov guy. It doesn't make sense to me. Too much money. Yeah. I don't know how they make Ekholm work. He might... I don't
1: know. He's a good, good player at both ends of the ice. He's a good defender. But there's too much. There's a lot of money there, and, and you know, it's hard. There's a cap here, man. Yeah. And people want to get rid of all these young players, and I, I get moving prospects and first round picks because it is their time but what you have to do is field a team again next year and you need young cheap guys that can play <laughs> you can't get rid of the, all your entry-level contracts and think you're just going to replace you know, them because no one else is trading you the, entry-level guys the, there
0: are some veteran general managers that will tell you spec that the way you get a top four defenseman is you draft and develop top no. four defense
1: i know what they don't have that much they, they've it's time here now bob it's right. time and you know the, the that last texter makes a good point You know, the Oilers need to figure out. It's time to measure themselves against the Boston Bruins because that's the team standing in the way of them now. You know, and Colorado and all those teams. Winnipeg, a very good team. But enough of this, let's get out of the Pacific or let's win a playoff. No, 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 no. The Oilers got to try to win a Stanley Cup here. It's time.
0: Okay, so, all right. So now we're going to circle back into something else and just take a look at the window uh, of when the games are going to get played When's the trade deadline, Spec? March 3rd. Which is a Friday. Edmonton hosts the Winnipeg Jets that day. It's a home and home in Winnipeg. Okay? Yeah. So just for you know what's in giggles, okay? They're going to have a pretty good idea of where they're at. That week, do you want to know why? Yeah. Because on the 27th. So here's. So Edmonton has a. I just mentioned the fact that the Oilers are in a stretch spec where they got eight straight games against teams 24th to 32 in the standings, right? Yep. Tonight's game two of that. So uh, the Oilers have got the Blue Jackets tonight, Chicago before the All Star break. They come out of the All Star break in Detroit who in five of their last ten games has trailed games by five or more goals. Oh, dear. Philadelphia, who's playing much better. Uh, Ottawa, who's dropped a bunch of games. And then they're in Montreal, who's running out of players are down. And then they get Detroit at home. However, however, just in the final week heading into the deadline, guess who's in town on the 27th of February? Uh, who's that? The Boston Bruins. And then guess who's in town on Wednesday, the first two nights later? The Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: Yes. And, I think And you're then gonna, two in a row with the Jets. I
0: think the, yeah, but, but the point is the, the deadline's on the third. The yes. two games Edmonton plays, they're at home against Boston and Toronto. Yes. Those are two real, like. Well, uh, let's see
1: how we play against those teams. We're going
0: to have a pretty good two idea good of where teams. we're at against those teams going to two the deadline. Two good teams, yep. Uh, and I, so it'll be interesting, to say the least. When we come back on Oilers now, we're going to talk a little about the situation in Vancouver. A little about Johnny Goodrow and whether or not there's something that can be learned from it. It's 1249 at Edmonton. Mark Spector is here for Aquarian Renovations. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1251 in Edmonton. We're heading back to sunny California this April with New West Travel. You can fly to Los Angeles and Anaheim to see the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. This New West Travel package includes airfare, four nights at the Marriott LA Live, lower bowl game tickets for both games. We'll have a welcome reception with yours truly and special guests for the California hockey package. Uh, call New West Travel or Travel.com. Just want to apologize to everybody for our... Uh, vegas meet and greet day of it was a tight window and somebody had a bad reaction to gout medication the lesson in that is i need to lose weight oh. But besides oh yeah yeah funny how it I was not. raining that day yeah it was not good i had uh i was having and it's yeah it was a it was a long day i can tell i felt a lot better after I went and saw the team dock so there you go all right uh spec so here we go we talked a bit about Vancouver. So the, the Columbus Blue Jackets are in town. Oh, they got they got Johnny Goodrow. I mean, you mm-hmm. think about it. Goodrow's playing on the best line the best line in the NHL last year. Flynn Holman Kachuk. Those guys were incredible. Goodrow was plus sixty two last season. Yeah. So Goodrow 240, 340 goal scores tells tells Calgary mm-hmm. not going to resign. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Kachuk basically says I'm not resigning. Okay gets himself traded out of there. This is after the Flames had to trade a future Norris Trophy winner on defense, Adam Fox, who wouldn't sign there. Okay?
1: that's tough.
0: Okay? The Oilers had John Marino. Yep. Don't forget, they didn't just have Bear in the fourth round and Jones in the fifth round. They had Marino a sixth-round pick. He wouldn't sign at Emmett. Okay? (laughs) I'm watching what's going on in Vancouver. Fair to say J.T. Miller demands a lot of oxygen in that room? Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Okay, Miller, Demko, Hughes, uh, Garland, who we're here and they want to get rid of, um, even Besser, and the general manager has gone on record as state what do all five of those players have in common.
1: They're all American. They're all American. Now Quinn signed for like four more years. Yeah, and
0: he's and, and if I'm yeah. if I'm looking at Vancouver, I'm going Demko and Goal. I I I don't care he's how a- bad. Killer. He's a good goalie. He's oh, for had a sure. tough year and he's been injured, but a good goalie. Yep. And Hughes and then Pedersen for me, those three guys, since they've decided to walk on Horvat. But do you need to be our. Has something shifted from the Doug Waite and Bill Garrett? Hey, we're American. We're going to prove that we belong. Has something shifted over the last decade or so that, that maybe teams and organizations need to look at thinking we need to draft where we have had success, you know, we have to target players that make sense for our market.
1: Well, yeah, you know, playing in a Canadian market comes, and Vancouver's the best example. There's so much drama in that market, you know. I mean, and it's most of it's because their ownership is kind of goofy. But the media is, is, they're very active. And I guess the biggest difference, Bob, is the hockey team outside of Toronto, All these Canadian cities are kind of one-horse towns. Like the Canucks, the Vancouver has the Canucks and everything else. Edmonton has the Oilers and everything else, right? There's the Jets, the Flames, uh, the Habs, you know, that's the way it is in Canada. You are in the show. You're in the one big spot when you play hockey here. Us Canadians and Canadian players, I think they get it. And they may kind of like it. And they think this, you know, we grew up this way. We grew up watching it. You know who
0: had no problem with it? Taylor Hall. Taylor he Hall. was a guy. That Canadian. He thrived. He loved was, it. He loved it.
1: I think, uh, and I'm, I'll get to my point, I think a lot of American guys after a little while, remember, you grew up in America, there's an NBA team in your town. There might be an NFL team in your town. There might be an MLB team in your town. Hockey's usually fourth of all the college teams in your town. You come up to Canada, you're American, you go, man, I can't walk the streets here. I can't go to McDonald's with my kids here. The media is driving me crazy. here. What am I doing? Why am I coming up to Canada and putting up with this? I'm going back to the States. I'm going to get a little bit of life back. And I, I, I see it. I,
0: I, I was, it. I, you know, because like Bill Guerin and Doug Waite came in and they became part of the orders and they went out on those yeah. skidooing things yeah. and, you know. That
1: was pre-internet. It was a different world. Yeah. No podcasts. No blogs. Right. right no 14 radio shows in every city talking about the same team you know it was a different time back then
0: i w- i can tell you specky because you, you weren't in vancouver the the, the saturday morning today and i was surprised how much of the vancouver media was down on the second of a back-to-back but it was yeah. boudreaux was like, it was a big weekend. i was stunned because i sat there i'm like you've got good building blocks here you've got a goalie you got a number one defenseman yep. you peterson's a hell of a player oh, yeah. you know and he's obviously miller's a good player too and there were three or four of them who were like, it's not just the change of a coach. It's like, Bob, like they have deep-rooted issues, systemic issues in this organization. And in fairness, what did Rutherf- Rutherford said that. He said, I need to do major, major sur- surgery. Yeah.
1: It was just a... They're in that tough spot there between we do have some good players we could go forward with or, yeah, but by the time the rest of the team catches up to them, they're gonna to be too old. We should do a complete and utter rebuild. Kuzmenko is the guy right now. How old's Kuzmenko? Twenty five or six. I think he's twenty six. Okay. So half the market there is saying, Oh my God, sign this guy. He's such a good player, Bob. The hand I watched him last night. Yeah, yeah he scored a he. couple nice goals. Oh, he's a good player. But the market's saying no, 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 You don't sign a 26-year-old when you're where we are. You trade that 26-year-old for a couple of first-round picks is what you do. Yeah. And that's the argument they're having every day in Vancouver right now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I just wonder whether or not you have to – I think an organization should look at prior history as to where they have success. I think if you looked at the Oilers, you'd see that they've had a mm-hmm. lot of successful players out of the OHL, a lot of successful players, players out of Ontario, players out of the Fiends. West. And Swedes. Yeah. Right? Like, that's where they've had the greatest success. Yeah. And now, hey, we've got a Russian player here now, Costin, right. who's become a fan favorite because he's nutted up and yeah. dropped the flippers and done everything.
1: And then in the off day he goes uh, so, ice fishing, catch big jackfish. Right, him
0: and Dylan Hall. Who so, doesn't like that? By the way, Speck, we did get uh, – I I, I I bruised through it. Uh, you wrote a – we had somebody go – so when Mark Spector was in university, did think he'd get to the place where he was writing about a dog <laughs> – the guy was having fun <laughs> at your expense. Yeah. Uh, you wrote the piece about the dog. Yeah. We all love our dogs. We All love our dogs. There's times in the Stauffer household. I think the dog is the only one that actually loves me anymore. Because I can tell you, the three yeah. cats that we have. Forget it. They don't love me. You know they. Don't, You're
1: not allowed to miss a game if your cat dies, but if your dog dies, you are. Yeah, is that the, is that the rule? What do you think? Texas <laughs> on I the, was Gary Bettman for a day. <laughs>
0: Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Is it is it fair to miss a game if your dog dies? But cats forget about it. I don't like. Just just remember this about cats. And I I've sometimes there's coaches that are house cats and they become part of an echo chamber. Yes. But a, 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 a house cat comes up and rubs against your knee and looks at you and, 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 and you think it loves you. Yeah. And then seven seconds later, it rubs up against a chair and looks at the chair, (laughs) and then you realize that that house cat is just leaving its scent. That's all it's doing. doing. That's all it's doing. It doesn't actually love you.
1: I don't know. I mean, listen, I've been covering this league for almost 35 years. I have never before heard of a player take a game off because his dog died, which Ethan Bear did Saturday night in Vancouver. And I thought, man, as a writer, that's a column right there. And you start (laughs) talking to people, and you go, hmm, I don't know. Why not? You know, like, like.
0: Well, what did Nugent Hopkins say? Regular season, you can see it. Playoff, yeah. you got to kind of yeah, par your way through. You do,
1: but even Nugent said he wasn't very good in. I'll paraphrase him in the game that he played. For those who didn't, who haven't heard the story, he played Game Four of the Calgary series in Edmonton last year. He was a first star in the game. Two scored goals. Two goals. He was fabulous. Goes to Calgary the next day, his old golden retriever dies, not old, seven years old. And he says, I'm sad. I, no, my head's not in the game. I'm not there. He didn't have a very good game the next night. He,
0: he played. They won. You have a Goldie. I have a Goldie.
1: We yeah. both have Goldie. But if, whatever your preferred dog is, like, I get it. You know, your dog dies. Who wants to play hockey? Maybe you shouldn't play. I don't know,
0: Bob. It's gone from orders now to the dogs. Yeah, Spec, thanks for coming by. Off to a global <laughs> news weather <laughs> traffic update with Randy Kilburn. When we come back, Jody Shelley in orders now.